this baby that angels are coming? Who is this baby that wise men come to worship him? We know it's not a normal baby. And the Bible says in Genesis, all the way back, very, very, very beginning, God started talking about this baby who was to come. Did you know that? Like the story of Jesus and, and well, we could talk about him being God and making Adam and Eve and everything. But, but talking about the baby, the, the story of the baby didn't start in the book of Matthew in the New Testament. It was actually prophesied all the way back from the very, very beginning, the very first days. I don't know if you know the story of Adam and Eve, but you know how they sinned. They ate the tree of knowledge of good and evil, and God told them, don't eat of that tree. And then they ate of it. And um, the Bible says that God went to the devil, and he cursed the devil. You know that part? He also said stuff to Adam, he says stuff to Adam and Eve, but he says something to the devil. Um, this is what he says. When he's talking to the devil, he says, I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. What an interesting thing to say. And when, if you're reading, you know, the book of Genesis, you'd be like, what is going on here? There's a story where the snake comes, slithers, and he's, de- he's deceiving Eve, and then they're eating the whole thing. And then you got God saying, I'm going to put enmity, this, this uh, warfare, between your seed and her seed, and he is going to crush your head, is another translation, and you're going to wound his heel. Is this not weird? Usually, usually when you talk about a seed in anatomy terms in the Bible, it would be from a guy. It would be the guy's seed. Are you guys following? We're all majorals? Okay. It would be the guy's seed. So usually in the Bible, when you go, it would be like Adam's seed or David's seed. And we're going to go through some of that. But um, the seed is always through a male. Okay. But here, he doesn't even say, he says to the devil, he says, your seed, which we understand is the, the children of the devil or those who aren't walking with God. And then he says, her seed. He doesn't say their seed. And he doesn't say his seed. He says her seed. Because this is going to be a supernatural kid. A supernatural person. Are we following? It says that he would have his heel wounded. Can someone give me some water? I don't know why, but my... Thanks, sweetie. This last week I was sick. And I've just gotten over it. But who knew? Dry mouth is uh, an effect. Thank you. So, where was I? Thank you. Yes, he was going to be wounded. This guy, through his wounding, would do something. He would be wounded on his heel, but in his wounding, he would do something. What would he do? He would crush a serpent's head. Head. Now, I don't know about you, but if you've ever seen a, um, or ever been around a, uh, um, a snake, particularly a venomous snake, like I was next to a rattlesnake one time, and uh, we had cut its head off. And this is a long, long time ago. Okay, I don't do this for fun. Okay, this is, uh, and, and we, it was in the nature. Anyways, so, th- but the, the snake's head ended up coming off. And then um, 
now its body's over here wiggling, and its head is over here gaping like wide open, okay? Detached from its body. And a kid who's with us who was like a, a sta- a, the snake handler, which is funny because he was the kid, and he was like really young. And, but he wasn't, we weren't supposed to kill the snake. He was actually supposed to remove it, but whatever. And, and he, says, he says, don't touch the head of the snake, you know, like because uh, maybe someone wanted to grab it. He says, that, that thing can, can get you still. And so we took stick, and we put it into the snake's mouth. This, the head was, oh, thanks, bro. The head was completely severed from the body, all right? We're talking feet apart. And we put the stick. The moment we put the stick in the snake's mouth, the snake went, <laughs> like, bit down on it. And all, all of us, especially the young ones, we're like, ah, you know, we're wigging out. Um, but it's not until you crush the head that it would be dead. And it's interesting that the very first pages of the Bible, we have a story where humanity falls, listens to this being we know as the devil, and, and there's this temptation, and there's this thing of a fall, of a relationship, of brokenness, all these things, and exiting out of paradise, right? And God says to Satan, on your belly you shall go, eating dust of the earth, this woman is going to have a seed, which that in itself is miraculous, okay? How he's saying it, miraculous. That's saying like supernaturally, she's going to have this kid and this guy, this seed is going to crush your head. Yes, you're going to wound him. You're going to wound him, but in his wounding, he is going to end your power. The very power that, that Satan has of accusation, the power of death, that there would come a seed that would crush that power for you and me. That was declared in the very, very beginning. Anybody else excited? That's amazing. It says um, in Galatians, Paul says, you know, to Abraham, to, now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He does not say it as to seeds, as to many, but as of one, to your seed, who is Christ. That's in Galatians. Um, in Genesis 12, it says, The Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your seed I will give this land. And in Genesis 22, he says, In your seed all the nations of the earth shall be blessed, because you have obeyed my voice. It goes on. There's a story uh, where the prophet Nathan comes up to David and he prophesies something. And many of us, when we're reading the story, you might think that he was talking about his son Samuel, or sorry, Solomon. He wasn't talking about Solomon because their kingdom ended, okay? And the son, the seed that was to come through David, this seed would, would have a throne and a kingdom that would never end. It would be established and never end. This is what he says. The word of God came to Nathan. Go and tell my servant David, it shall be when your days are fulfilled, when you must go to be with your fathers, that I will set up your seed after you, who will be of your sons, and I will establish his kingdom. He will build me a house, and I will establish his throne forever. I will be his father, and he will be my son. I will not take my mercy away from him, 
and I will establish him in my house and in my kingdom forever, and his throne shall be established forever. Who is this baby? Come on. In Isaiah, it says, there shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse. A branch shall grow out of his roots. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him. His delight will be in the fear of the Lord. He will not judge with his eyes, nor decide by the hearing of his ears, but with righteousness he will judge the poor. And with his breath, his lips will slay the wicked. Who is this baby? Isaiah <laughs> 7, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and we will call his name Emmanuel. And we all know what Emmanuel means, I hope. Emmanuel means God with us. He's not, he's not just a normal baby. He's not just an everyday person. This is the eternal God whose beginnings were from everlasting, the Bible says, has come to be with us. Guys, there's a reason the wise men came to worship him. They had all these scriptures. They had read it. That's what made them wise. And then they believed it and followed it. And then they came to this baby, not just to honor him and give him some gifts, but to worship him. It says in Micah, to you, Bethlehem, this is where Jesus was born. Though you are little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall come forth to me the one to be ruler in Israel, whose going forth to me, whose goings forth are from old, from everlasting. And he shall stand and feed his flock in the strength of the Lord. Again, unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. The government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called, catch all of these, wonderful. His name is wonderful. Counselor. Mighty God. Everlasting Father. Prince of Peace. And of the increase of kingdom, there will be no end. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom, to order it and establish it with judgment and justice from that time forth and forever. Guys, this is, I'm, I'm only a couple in. Just a couple more? I mean, you can get my thoughts on everything, or you could just hear it straight from the horse's mouth right here. This is, this is the clearest gospel ever, over and over again. And Isaiah, it says, first person of Jesus himself prophesying, I gave my back to those who struck me, and my cheeks to those who plucked out my beard. I did not hide my face from shame and spitting. 
it begins to describe this, this one who was the seed from the very beginning to destroy the very purpose of the devil from the very beginning to bring reconciliation, wholeness, salvation to us, to destroy his power and death, to give you eternal life. This seed was to be born. And not just to be born and, you know, coo in a manger for 30 years. He went on and he goes and he does something. He, it was prophesied from the beginning that his heel would be bruised. He goes through a suffering for us. Yet we know that his suffering was not worthless, but it was an act of warfare upon the very thing that keeps you accused and in shame and broken. This is a longer one, but this is one of the last ones, okay? He shall grow up before him, the Father, as a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground. Jesus didn't come to a place flowing with milk and honey. He came, to, he came for broken people. He didn't come to save the righteous. He came to save sinners. He came to save the broken. He came to a weary place, a dry place to bring life. You don't have to force yourself to have rivers to bring the presence of God. He comes because he loves you. And dryness doesn't scare him. I got one sentence in on this one. This is our longest one. Okay. He has no form or comeliness. And when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He's despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we did not esteem him. Surely he bore our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him as stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. Yet he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. Everything the devil meant against you has been crushed. All we, like sheep, have gone astray. We've turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord laid on him the iniquity of us all. And he was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter. Guys, I'm still reading the Bible. Anybody else? It's crazy. It is so clear, all of it. He opened not his, one time I was on, I'm, I'm pausing real fast, you got to hear this. One time I was on a plane going to Israel, and I was sitting on the plane, and this uh, Jewish brother, really sweethearted guy, comes up, and he saw all of us, and, 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 and the Jews were in the back of the plane, and if you've ever gone to Israel, they like to do this, but um, they all go to the back of the plane, and then they like, you know, the guys are all praying in the back. Anybody ever seen this? 
no one, no, oh God, you guys all need to go when there's no war, you know, there's peace over there. But they all go to the back and then they, and then they, and then they pray, like all the guys only though. The women kind of stay up in their seats. And so when they were going back, I was really interested because I just like to have conversation and, you know, be kind. So we're, I was talking to one of them and I was like, what are you guys praying? You know, so I was learning about their prayers and whatnot. And then he started asking me about, well, what do you believe? And we told him, well, we believe in Jesus and, and how we believe that he's the Messiah, the, the Jewish Messiah. And, and, um, and he, he, he gets really interested and starts to think, oh, this is really interesting. And, um, and, and, and I said, yeah, man, like, have you ever read I, Isaiah 53? And he says, No. They actually call it the forbidden chapter. I mean, it's the, 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 not like officially, it's like the under, it's like the, anyways. They, they don't read it in synagogue. Okay. And, um, uh, so I go, have you ever read it? And he goes, no. I said, you should go read it, man. And he goes, he, he, he goes, okay. So he, he goes, he sits at his seat. He comes back a little bit later and he goes, man, this is really crazy. You know, and he's thinking, he's like, this is really crazy. He says, I, I studied in, uh, they go to the school called Yeshiva, uh, um, conservative Jews do. And he says, we learned about Messiah, and in Daniel it prophesies that, I'm not going to read it today, so I'll just tell you. But in Daniel it prophesies that the Messiah would come at a particular moment in history. This is why the Jews at the time of Jesus were expecting a Messiah. Because Daniel prophesied that there would be a decree we know by a guy named Artaxerxes, that he would decree to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. And from that time to the coming of Messiah, there'd be like 490 years ever. And Daniel prophesied this. How many years? And then he says Messiah will come, and then Messiah is going to be cut off from the people. And he says this wild prophecy about Messiah. And uh, this guy on the plane now, is going, you know, we learned about this with Daniel. He says this to me like it's all casual talk, you know. We learned about Daniel and Messiah was supposed to come. And he says, it didn't make sense until right now. And right there in the walkway of an airplane, he prays and receives Jesus as his Lord and Savior. <laughs> like, I wasn't even preaching to him. He went and read the Bible. Wow. He was, where was I in it? He was led as a lamb, let's just start there. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter, so he opened not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment. He was cut off from the land of the living. You guys don't mind me taking little breaks, drinking, right? Thanks. Just don't drive. <laughs> that was funny. He was cut off from the land of the living. For the transgressions of my people, he was stricken. And they made his grave with the wicked. But with the rich at his death. You guys know he was buried in a rich man's tomb. Because he had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. To what? 
to bruise him. He has put him to grief. When you make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days. And the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He will see the labor of his soul and be satisfied. By his knowledge, my righteous servant will justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. Because he poured out his soul unto death, and he was numbered with the transgressors, and he bore the sins of many, and made intercession for the transgressors. Two more. Isaiah 45 says, There is no other God besides me, is God speaking through the prophet. There is no other God besides me, a just God and a Savior. There are none besides me. Look to me and be saved. Look to me and be saved. All you, the ends of the earth, for I am God and there is no other. I have sworn by myself the word has gone out from my mouth in righteousness and shall not return, that to me every knee will bow and tongue will confess. Do you all know what every knee is going to bow to and every tongue is going to confess? The Bible says that in the end, every knee will bow and tongue confess that what? <laughs> Jesus the implication of that sentence in a Jewish context is massive. God said, I am God, and there is no other. Look to me and be saved. Oh, there's coming a day. Every knee's going to bow, and every tongue's going to confess. <laughs> Last verse, this is in the New Testament. This is Paul talking. He says that Jesus was in the form of God. And then he made himself of no reputation, taking on the form of a bondservant. He was in the form of God. And then he made himself lowly by taking on the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men and being found in the appearance of, of a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and given him a name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. Of those in heaven and those on earth and of those under the earth. Oh my gosh. And that every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is God to the glory of God. 
of God the Father. So, my questions again. Who is this baby? Who is this baby? And, and what does it mean for us? We're all going to have a really good time on Christmas. I don't know about you, but I love Christmas. Um, I usually like to talk about how Santa Claus punched a heretic in the face. Does anybody not know that story? Okay, just 10 seconds. I, uh, 10 seconds, okay, pause the sermon. Like Santa Claus, you know, Santa? Uh, yeah, we all know he's like, you know, jolly old Saint Nick, but he, back in like around 400 AD, the guy was a bishop. Saint Nick was a bishop. There was uh, an heretic named Arius, and, um, and he, he was talking about the baby in a way that was denying his deity, the fact that he was God, and, and supposedly St. Nick smacked him in the face, and then he, he, you know, he didn't like that. After the fact, he felt bad about it. But um, anyways, now you know, people don't get cold for Christmas, they get smacked in the face. That's the real story. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Supposedly he would go around and give out presents, like he'd go down the street and then he would, he would, put, he would put gifts and stuff. People would be hanging up their stockings by a fireplace because they needed to get it dry, and he would come and give stuff. Like that was the, that's like the historical narrative. I mean, obviously he wasn't coming down with reindeer and everything, but he was, he was giving gifts. And um, uh, why are we talking about this? That's right. There was a couple of you didn't know that story. Aren't you thankful you came to church today? Who is this baby? This is the baby who was promised from the very beginning. Guys, why is it that you're saved? There was a being jealous of humanity. And all of us have felt the sting of condemnation, guilt, and shame, and death. Maybe not all of us, all of us obviously, physical death yet. We're all still here in the room. Yet we've all experienced spiritual death for sure. Yes? And Jesus says, I've come to give you life and life abundantly. This seed, this baby, was promised from the first days of humanity's very existence to do something specific. The first thing God says about himself coming is saying, you're going to bruise his heel and he's going to crush your head. That's what God said. When he says he's come to save you, he's saving you from something. He's saving you from the fruit of the devil. He's saving you from death itself. It says that he came to destroy the one who has the power of death. That is the devil. That's a New Testament quote I just said. This baby, the gospel didn't just start. The story is from the very beginning. This whole time God was saying this baby's coming and he's going to do a work that is particular, useful, and a big blessing for all humanity. Peace and goodwill towards all men. 
God's not just giving you a peace. It's like, hey, man, feel, feel good about your life. Peace, man. He's giving you a peace that destroys your enemy. He's giving you a peace that brings complete union with the living God. That's the baby. Are we like wise men willing to come find the baby, bow down and worship him? Because it's not a normal man. This is Emmanuel, God with us. And his name is Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. He's the ruler, the one to rule forever and ever. He reigns on a throne that will not be toppled. No matter what goes on in the world, God rules and reigns. And he's coming back. He's coming back. Yes? We worship a living God. And his beginning didn't start here. His days, the Bible said, are from everlasting. He's the ancient of days. He's the eternal one. And he's worthy of our worship. That's who we celebrate today. Or two days. But that's who we're celebrating. Christmas isn't a one-time event, by the way. It's just we all get to... uh, Remember it together in a beautiful way, in my opinion. Can I get the worship band up here? We're going to sing a couple worship songs, and then we'll end. No? No worship? No nothing? No? Sorry. Um, can I get, uh, Stephen, can you sing that, um, the worship song that you sang? I think the second song. You know what I'm talking about? You seen that? Guys, can we worship together? Just a couple songs. Um, can we stand together? And I'm gonna, I'm gonna pray for us too. Father, I just thank you. Lord, we thank you for this Christmas, God, and we pray, Father, that no matter how many presents we were able to buy for our loved ones. Lord, I pray that this Christmas as we're all sitting around, God, that we would see your face. Lord, you truly are the reason for the season, God. And I pray, Father, that we would see what you've done and who you are in a greater, deeper way this Christmas. In Jesus' name.